Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Evo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. I am joined and happy to welcome back my good friend, my colleague, the amazing. John Dickinson of 95.7 The Game. We are coming to you from Lumen Field, from where earlier tonight we were eating dinner, uh, and then the 49ers went ahead and clinched the NFC Championship here. So that was exciting. Yeah, it's what the 49ers <laughs> do now yes. when they win the NFC West. They, they, they do, do it, it here. here. Oh. It's a night game. Yeah, it's and always fun time. less drama yes. tonight than there was Three Way years ago, although it never really totally feels like the game's over here, right? And when the Seahawks yeah. cut it to eight and the 49ers have to pick up one more first down, all of the memories of all of the games in the past kind of mm-hmm. start to, to flood through your head. But really, for the most part, drama-free, although Brock Purdy, I mean... Brock Purdy. Wow. Almost drama-free. You had a missed Robbie Gold field goal towards the end. But there is something about when these two teams play each other, especially here. But Brock Purdy, I think... I'm going to start dubbing him because I think I've used up all my Purdy puns. Well, I mean, don't underestimate yeah. me. I'll probably come up with a few more, but I'm going to start calling more time. I'm going to definitely, playing play. well. he's playing very well. I think I'm now going with the Brock star. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, I tweeted a video of him and I'm thinking, and I went with Brock star and I'm kind of going with it. Brock Purdy had a heck of a game. He was, I'm going to look at the stats because they're sitting right in front of us. He was 17 of 26 for 217 yards and two touchdowns. But I don't think, and this is always the case with stats, the stats certainly don't come with, come to the intangibles. And the intangibles to me are you have a rookie quarterback who is the final pick in the draft, who is the 400 down to their third quarterback now, and who's been playing very much like a vet. Today was his second start. I look at the Miami game. I know it wasn't a start, but he came in early in that first quarter. And really what he's done these last three weeks has been very impressive. Granted, he's got a lot of good around him. They have an incredible defense, but I don't think you can downplay the way he's he's played and the intangibles of his confidence and his leadership. I think have been pretty cool. Especially in this game, because yes. nobody really knew how injured he was yes. coming into it. And we've come to find after the game that he didn't throw at all Mm-mm. over the course of the last three days until they were in the ballroom going through their walkthrough, I think last night or even mm-hmm. this morning. Mm-hmm. I think it was today. And yeah, so today they're going through that and he is able to, and then you talk to him and he says, Oh, I was, I was good to go. It was just a matter of, I know I can throw it. I know I can mm-hmm. get the timing down like that to me, the, the toughness component of playing that well, divisional game, short week, mm-hmm. just getting thrust in there. But the, the injury toughness component, I think is the biggest thing that, that stands out as the legend of Brock Purdy yeah. kind of grows tonight. Basketball is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your sports betting needs this season. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at BetOnline. And as your continued source for all sports wagering information, BetOnline features live betting, free contests, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
and it and it is growing. And to Brock Purdy's credit, he made a comment after the game, and he he said he took quite a bit of time to say this that credit should go to Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo because he's just a component of this. And the thing is with him when he says that, it's not like it's genuine. It doesn't come across as like oh he's just saying the right thing. Like it really is. It's very genuine. cool. It's very yeah. cool, and I I think it's important. It it shows to me that he knows. He understands the gravity of just everything that's gone on mm-hmm. in the 49er sphere. Mm-hmm. I know you deal with it a lot mm-hmm. and I deal with it a lot and the so fans <laughs> and, and, you know, in our own ways. And it, it becomes about, well, if this quarterback's playing, then that quarterback wasn't good enough. And there's mm-hmm. all, all these comparisons of, well, does Jimmy give him a better chance than Trey? Mm-hmm. And now does Purdy give him a better chance than that? Mm-hmm. And I think what he's saying is it ain't about any of that. It's, it's about the team and I'm in this position to succeed. And he's essentially saying, I'm in this position to succeed because the other two guys set the tone to where Absolutely. this team was in a position to accept me now. It, it's a unique situation. It but, definitely is. But for him to say that, I think is important given mm-hmm. the nature of the 49er QB hysteria, yes. shall we call it, over the That's last a few years. Great way to put it. Cause I always say this team specializes in quarterback drama, but I like QB hysteria. I think that is a really good way to put it. So let's talk a little bit about the performance. I want to get back to the idea of him being a component um, and everything being about the team, because I think that's generally something that has brought this team so much success this season. But first I want to talk about Hollywood and I don't mean where I live. I mean, Hollywood, the play uh, that Kyle Shanahan called it where Brock Purdy's first touchdown to George Kittle he fakes left. He fakes right. Kittle is as, open as I am right this second and he throws it. He makes a perfect throw and Kittle goes running into the end zone. And it was an unbelievable play. And I think again, kind of speaks to the intangibles. The stats don't say everything because I don't think that's a play that not everybody's going to be able to pull that off. He did it so well. I think the Amazon Prime cameras, my understanding, were like, they were going one way. <laughs> going yeah, like way. the Seattle good... defense. Yes, like which, the Seattle defense, which, too. Was... Hey, everybody over on Christian McCaffrey. And you guys <laughs> have to write us and let us know if the Amazon Prime cameras were fooled because we were in the press box. But the Seattle defense was very much yeah, fooled. They were very much fooled. And you've got Ray Ray McLeod on the one side. But that, that comes with... McCaffrey and all the touches. And I think it was nine of the first 11 plays where yeah. McCaffrey touches 10 of the first 13 plays mm-hmm. McCaffrey touches. And then it's McCaffrey, McCaffrey, McCaffrey. And then boom, you, you fake like you're throwing it to McCaffrey. You fake it back the other way. And then, you know, George Kittle's wide open. And, but yeah, to, to execute that without really being able to practice it because the Fortnite didn't do much practice. Right. And he was hurt. And to have the timing in your head. And in and, and, and yeah. this stadium, which is so loud and one of the toughest stadiums in the country to play. And I think even Brock Purdy said earlier this week in his mind, he hasn't played in them, but it would be here in Arrowhead. And I think that's probably true. Um, it's rather, it was a rather impressive play and performance. And again, sir, the oblique rib looked fine. I mean, I'm not a doctor and I didn't have to play with it, but it certainly didn't seem to hinder him at all. No, it didn't. It, it, and it looked like he had a an understanding of how he had to carry himself to get himself through it or what the pain tolerance was going to mm-hmm. be. I think as the weeks go on, maybe we find out that there's, uh, you know, a little bit of added, uh, you know, maybe a little, maybe taking a little shot in that mm-hmm. room that could mm-hmm. make things feel a little bit better. We don't know that, not reporting we don't. that, but, but that may come out and those things do tend to come out. But I think that the, the legend of Brock Purdy has grown tonight and the legend of Brock Purdy's toughness I think, yes. in particular, which is another layer to this story, which is continued to develop over 
incredibly the last really? 10 days. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it really if is. You go yeah. back to the, 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 he gets, Jimmy gets hurt in the Miami game. But I was going to say was 11 weeks, days ago. It was 11 days. That was three, 11 days Dave, ago. I also would like to drive home the point that this team has played three football games in 11 days. That's crazy. And with, yeah, with that's because I was going to say three weeks, but it's not three weeks. It's 11 days. And that's, that's just crazy. And they won the NFC West tonight after being 0 and 1 and 1 and 2, 3 and 4. And, four. and mm-hmm. now you look up and it's 10 and 4, and they win it with three games to spare. Yep. And the Seahawks are fighting for their playoff lives now in the, in the wild card portion of mm-hmm. things. And I mean, it, it really is incredible. I mean, what does it say to you about this team that they were able to? Because, uh, I mean, you've been all over. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was in Chicago and Denver, and, and you know, they, it was pretty ugly coming off of those two games. It was pretty ugly after the Kansas City game. It was very ugly after the Kansas City game. And they looked, you know, before the Kansas City game was the game in Atlanta where they were coming off mm. the 10-day trip from Charlotte, proxying the Greenbrier, you know, the game in Atlanta, then the Kansas City game. But, you know, there's something about this team, and I'd asked Eric Armstead about it, and this is something that always, to me, really stands out. They have a lot of stars on this team. They really do. And it's not, and that not everyone's a star, which is amazing. The talent that's been developed and the way that they've gotten the best out of guys and that kind of thing. But you have Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel. Uh, you had Trey Lance, who was obviously a very high draft pack draft pick. They like traded the world from you. have Jimmy Garoppolo, you have Fred Warner. I mean, you could go, you Charmarius mm-hmm. Ward. You could just go down the list. There's so Trent Williams. I'm like, I'm every yeah. a second. Loaded. I could be like, oh wait, there's another one. There's nothing. And you have a, and their coach. I think you could count their coach as a star. But what I think is incredible about this team is there's not ego. That's the thing that I think is incredible. Or at least it's not. I mean, I think they all have egos because they wouldn't be in this position if they didn't have an ego. You have to think you're the best. But it's about winning. It's who's yeah. what do we need to do to win? So if that means that George Kittle has to basically be another offensive lineman some games for them to win. George Kittle is willing to do that. If that means Debo Samuel has to be a running back and a wide receiver, he's willing to do that. If that means Christian McCaffrey in his second game with San Francisco has to catch, rush for, and throw a touchdown pass, then that's what they're going to do. And I think that's really what's been incredible about this team and the defense. I mean, that defense is unbelievable, and it's because they really play together. And I just think that is a big part of it. And to me, that is. I don't think that's normal. And I asked Eric Armstead about it, and he said it wasn't unusual to him because it's been like that in the entire time he's been in San Francisco. But then what he said at the end was, I don't want to know what it's like other places. But I think when you look around the league, we do kind of know what it's like for other places. We see trades being demanded. We see all this mm-hmm. stuff. And you're not, minus the Debo blip in the offseason, you don't see that here. You also see teams throughout the league that go through the gut punch losses mm-hmm. and not winning a Super Bowl or mm-hmm. getting bounced out in the playoffs in just gut wrenching fashion and it frays. Yeah. And it breaks. And it's hard. And you know, this team has has dealt with all kinds of adversity mm-hmm. going back to even 2018. I mean, you can even say 2017 when they were one in ten mm-hmm. and Garoppolo comes in and mm-hmm. like, nobody thought they were going to make the playoffs that year, but he comes in and by the end, it's oh, there's there's something here, and mm-hmm. he gets hurt the next year, and then they lose the Super Bowl, more injuries, and you know, get. I mean, they got kicked out of the freaking state. They did. Twenty twenty. Yes. I mean, like it just, but it doesn't. 
fray. It doesn't fray. I think that's a testament to Kyle. I think it's a testament to John Lynch. It's a testament to the guys because they do have a lot of really good guys in that, in that locker room. And I, I think it, it relates back to what Brock Purdy said about Jimmy and, and, and about Trey too. They're both good guys that the teams follow the lead of the quarterback a lot, especially Absolutely. the offensive side. And to have three guys that are really three different personality types, but all be intertwined in the same way. It's, it's impressive stuff. And then, I mean, up and down the defense is just first class individuals from Eric to Fred to, to everybody. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing you do. You have so many leaders on this defense and they're not just, they're not just good players, but they, they're good leaders. And that makes such a difference in a locker room and something I've talked about a lot the last couple weeks. And then on a little plug here, Thursday had an article come out on Diameter Lenore um, that I was actually pretty excited about. So I hope you guys will go ahead and read it. But I bring that up because when they lost Emmanuel Mosley in week five, I really felt like, and it was, it was a huge loss to this team, but I felt like that may be the one they don't recover from mm-hmm. because he was playing at such a high level. And so what he and Charvarius Ward could do, and you have Diameter Lenore who's taken such a step in his second year. And he, so they've been able to just the next man up mentality. I mean, they were without Eric Armstead for much of the season. We've seen in the last three games, what a difference Eric Armstead makes. So they were thinking about how good they were before that you add him in, but Eric Armstead is another star. And the fact that they were able to do what they did on defense without him, like I said, now you see the big difference and it's been like really it's kind of just incredible to see. And I want to go back to when you said even 2017, when this team was 09. So my first year covering the team was 2016. Okay. Chip Kelly. So the difference, and I totally like Chip Kelly and go Bruins. I'm not a UCLA fan, but excited for them and him. But anyways, he's doing a nice job. They're no Michigan, obviously. Let's not be crazy. But, but, um, but that's a whole, there's only one. There's only one. And that's a whole other podcast coming soon. But anyways, you go back to 0 and 9 in 2017 and that locker room never felt like an 0 and 9 locker room. And not because they weren't serious, not because they didn't want to win, but because they knew there was a new regime and there was a plan and they'd all bought into it. And I think that has really been what's kept this team together through all the things we talked about before is that everyone bought in in 2017 and not everyone's still there, but a lot of them are still there. And those people, or I mean a lot of them, but a fair amount of them are still there. And that permeates. And I think everyone buys in on Kyle and what Kyle and John are doing. And that makes a huge difference. It gets handed down. I yeah. mean, you've got George Kittle and at the, post-game podium talking about how excited he was to win in Seattle and clinch the division because of Joe Staley right? and his energy and all the losses that Mm -hmm. that Staley took up here. And this was what the second time the 49ers have won here in the last 10 years. Right. (laughs) So crazy. I mean, you go back to 2000, whatever it was, 2012, Mm -hmm. you know, go back to there. I think they were one in 10. Yes, they were. You, you're hundred percent right. In the last 11. So uh, there was a lot of losing and, but it, it is handed down, I think from the players that were around even before 2017 to the group that they brought in. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those players either move on to different things. You draft players that come into it and it just, it keeps getting handed down and handed mm-hmm. down and handed down to a point where now you've got the last pick in the most recent draft as your I don't want to say franchise face, but, but right now, but, but, but at the moment, and I think I think it's becoming a story too. That it's becoming a story, and I think you know, I think I think 49ers Twitter is very excited, and maybe sending him to the Hall of Fame a little bit early. But I also, by the same token, think 
it's a great story. And this is a good thing for the team because then a lot of teams also, when you get down to the third string quarterback, it could be like, well, there go our goals. But they, they're they in on him and he's made them in on him and it's good for everybody. And it didn't, I mean, I don't, it, it didn't seem like, all right, Jimmy got hurt. Everybody was gutted for Jimmy. Everybody was gutted for Trey. When mm-hmm. He got hurt at the beginning of the year in week two, but it didn't feel like the vibe was, and, and you've been around it when mm-hmm. it has been that way with yeah. this team. Yeah, because they know the the vibe really wasn't oh bleep like we're we're done, we're done. like it, it was which is and that tells me and I think tells you and tells everybody there was something going on that they kind of knew that they had pushed it to the side because obviously Brock wasn't going to be the guy because right. Jimmy was playing and he was the backup but clearly he made enough of an impression on his teammates to where. When it was time for him to take over, nobody thought it was a big thing. And now he's proving that maybe it's not a big thing, which is amazing. I mean, this is, I don't want to over, like, no, but it's an all time kind of a story. It's unprecedented. I have to say, I know that that's a word that we've all been way too used to the last several years, but I do think it's unprecedented. And I asked Fred Warner, I said, if you, like, if you had a chance to think about it at all, like you're down to your, you're on your third quarterback. He's not even over, by the way. Right. Like they're on their third quarterback and they just keep rolling. And he's like, I can't think about it now. I'll think about it later. But and he's a rookie. And he was the last pick in the, the draft. draft. I mean, it's like, it's kind of it's crazy. And it was one thing when Trey went down and everyone was absolutely gutted for Trey, but you had Jimmy Garoppolo step in, who'd been running this offense for five years, who had taken them to a Super Bowl, had taken them to an NFC championship game, who they were familiar with. So you can you as gutted as everybody was, you can understand why the feeling was like, okay, but now we move on. But you're right with Brock Purdy. It didn't feel like even in the game when Jimmy got hurt, it, it was awful, devastating for Jimmy. And I am devastated for Jimmy who I think was playing his best football of his career mm-hmm. and had done so much for this team. And so that was heartbreaking to see. But even when Brock like went in, you didn't, it didn't feel like the team was like, Oh God, it's just, I don't know how to describe it, but it became a little bit of the Christian McCaffrey show as he got his footing and then, or like a lot of the Christian McCaffrey show. And then he just kind of kept it going and it seemed normal. And as long as I bring up Christian McCaffrey, we brought that trade right now is looking what anytime you're going to get a Christian McCaffrey, it looks like a good trade, but the difference he has made in this offense is really unbelievable. Yes. I mean, it's opened up everything. Everything. Uh, it it has given them, you know, a player that they can clearly trust to to run the ball mm-hmm. twenty five times. It was what twenty six times tonight. Mm-hmm. You can throw it to him ten or fifteen times. Mm-hmm. You can trust him. He's going to make the right play. He's just a, he's a star. I mean, I said star. it at the time, and it was no. I didn't disrespect. even bring him up as one of the stars well, at the beginning. <laughs> so but that good. but that's they're they, they're so. Yeah. No, but he is a star. He is, he is a star. like a, he's just like a next level star. And no disrespect to any of the other players that have been here and played mm-hmm. at an extremely high level from Debo to Kittle mm-hmm. to, to others. But when, when they went and got McCaffrey, he really did walk into this roster in my mind as the number one, as long as he could stay healthy. Absolutely. And he stayed healthy and he's been the one and it's just opened up everything for everybody else. And we've seen Debo have big games. Mm-hmm. We've seen now all of a sudden Kittle's wide open mm-hmm. you know, earlier. In the yeah. year, it's like, where's Kittle? Did they, why are they not throwing it to Kittle? Kittle's the sixth offensive lineman. What, like, but he's now, you're right. He's wide open. But now he's wide open and he's scoring touchdowns and he's, and he's happy and he's soaking it in. And mm-hmm. it just, so it, it really is like McCaffrey has unlocked 
the 49ers off. He's just a perfect fit, too. He is. From running to throwing it to him. To... Oh, he's so perfect. I mean, he'd be a perfect fit probably in most offices, but in this Kyle Shanahan offense. And it's interesting, you know, when they got him and Kyle Shanahan said, like, he, they could have drafted him, but they weren't ready for him. Like, they right. needed the team. You don't want that kind of player on a team that's going to go 0-9. You don't want that kind of player, you know, on the team that didn't have this defense, that didn't have everybody they have. And then, you know, one other person I would like to make a little shout-out to, because I do think he is sometimes the unsung hero of this offense, is Kyle Juszczyk. Absolutely. And I think he doesn't get as much. I mean, he's, like, one of the leaders in Pro Bowl voting, which is amazing, because it's, like, him and, like, three very, like, household names. back you. Which I love, (laughs) absolutely love about that. But I just think he needs a little bit of a shout-out, too, because he, he really is, like, the unsung hero. Yeah, and it's and he's their emergency quarterback. So yes. with the way things are going, <laughs> you never know. You never know. Uh, no, yeah, and he was somebody that you didn't. You wondered last year in LA after they lost the mm-hmm. NFC Championship game. If there was, you could feel it in the air. Like people were, it was kind of a devastation of who's mm-hmm. going to be back, who's not. Mm-hmm. And Kuzcheck was one of those that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people thought he wasn't going to be back. Mm-hmm. It, it winds up working out where he is back. And now he's, you know, he's a part of it in a big way, in his own way, with all of this other talent. And he's another, I mean, for his position, you add him to the list of, hey, they're loaded. They're loaded. They've got this guy. There, there's one guy I wanted to bring up on the defense Please. that we haven't brought up yet. And we probably shouldn't. It's, it's 57. It's, I mean, big play, Jack. Greenlaw. I mean, and also on. special place in my heart because after at his press conference on Sunday, when he was talking about getting his ball signed by Tom Brady, the yes. of, he awesome. said, I went a little fangirl. And I just oh, felt good. that that was really helpful and nice. I actually told him, I said, I'm going to take that audio and use it for promotional purposes. <laughs> I'm glad you did. I had kind of clicked. It actually uh-huh. clicked in my mind. Like, I hope you, I hadn't said anything to you about that, but I, yeah, I hope, I hope that. I'm going to, I'm definitely going to take it. We're going to, we're going to all the promos and all the promos, like as Dre Greenlaw said, um, but I, he's unbelievable. And I'm glad you brought him up because he was such an, he was the, you could argue the most integral part of the 2019 win, because it yeah. was that play at the end of the game. He that, likes playing here. He loves playing here. And he was huge tonight. Absolutely. was absolutely huge tonight. So I'm glad you brought up 57, that whole linebacker group, but 57 is really amazing. And the 49ers really were smart. They had the wherewithal to extend him early. And that was, that that's, was smart. That's looking pretty brilliant. And I, I think that, I mean, the defensive play of the game, right? I mean, mm-hmm. Purdy throws what could have been an interception. Mm-hmm. It might have been a pick six. Oh, I think it was. And, and I, think it, I think you're right. And it was dropped by Diggs. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you know, at that point, 49ers go down 10 7. This place is lit. Yeah, which changes then, everything. And then Purdy's got to face that heat a little bit. Mm-hmm. 49ers are thinking maybe they should have had some more points at that point, but you know, it was a great tackle at first by Tarverius Ward. He yes. was really good tonight as well. Yes, he was excellent. And Greenlaw pops it out and they return it and they score. And really from that point, it was 14 to three and it never really felt like the Niners were in danger uh, the rest of the night. So yeah, we talked about the offense and the offense gets, the mm-hmm. offense always gets the flowers. Mm-hmm. But the Greenlaw play popping that ball out, I think was probably the defensive play of the game. And that's saying something because the defense was pretty freaking dominant. And I'm glad you brought up Charvarius Ward because I do think, I mean, I was going to ask you, and I, I think he is a huge part of this, obviously, but I was going to ask you, and I know we all don't all like to make comparisons, but could this be maybe like the best defense ever? Could could this eventually go down? And I think, and I at bring up bring that up in conjunction with Charvarius Ward because I think the difference he's made at that cornerback position is a huge part of why. 
I I kind of wrote that off on the radio okay. A, a okay. few weeks ago, but I think it can be a championship defense. Definitely. I think is, I mean, right there. I mean, that's, it, 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 I'd almost rather be that. Well, I think I they would rather, that. they would much rather be a championship defense than the best I, defense I ever. When you get into the numbers, I think they have had a couple more bad games or bad halves of games mm-hmm. to where I would probably think it takes them out of the running. Okay. But there is still three games left in the regular season mm-hmm. and there is still a postseason. And, yes, there is. And so I think, you know, it's not a regular season award. No, nope. you know, we're just having a conversation yeah, about it. Exactly. Um, I think, but I think it, it is the best defense in the NFL. It's definitely the best defense in the NFL. And I don't, and, and I also think it's close. And I will even say that a pundit who is known as being a very big Dallas Cowboys fan who only just talks about how great the Cowboys were tweeted tonight and said, I hate to say this, yeah. but I think this defense is better than the Cowboys. Than the Cowboys. Something, something to that effect, or they're playing better or whatever. But it, I think they are. I think it is a championship defense. And if we're going to go back to that old adage of defense wins championships, this defense may do that. And if you go through the playoffs to bring it back to that, and you have a run, let's say, that's similar to the run that they had a few weeks ago where it mm-hmm. was you know, no points in the second half. You, mm-hmm. you do that in a couple of playoff games, or you hold some teams to 10 to 30, you hold mm-hmm. teams to 10 to 13 points in the playoffs mm-hmm. and you win a Super Bowl. I think, I think we could revisit that conversation. Absolutely. And, and I think, I think your case would be enhanced by it with that. So I'm not, I, I, I kind of wrote it off and I kind of want to bring it back a little bit That's because fair. they're the 49ers are hoping that they're going to play what seven more games. Yeah. Yes. At this point, cause they probably won't get a buy. No, they probably won't get a bike because they probably won't catch the Eagles. But now, all of a sudden, the number two seven, seats in play. Two, three, yeah, three, and then they'd have to play. <laughs> yes, four more games because I don't think they're going to get unless the. I don't even think it, I don't think it's mathematically possible, but I think they are very much in the running for the number two seed. I think. Yeah, I'd have to look at all the numbers. Oh, yeah, but they are. there are that that would make such a difference for them because then all of a sudden you have home field advantage until most likely till the NFC. Well, not even most most likely you have it till the NFC Championship game, depending on who you play in the NFC championship game. If you don't play the Eagles in the NFC championship game, then that you could have it all the way through a little debate on my Twitter timeline tonight and, and on the radio back in, in the Bay tonight was about, is that worth playing for or not? And, and, and playing for two versus three, there, you know, you're not going to get one, which but, is the bottom. But is it worth- and what, what, what do you think about that? You know what? I actually, I do think it is. And this is why it's not so much. And I think obviously the crowd makes a huge difference and, and all of those things. So I'm not taking anything away from the fans, especially for Harris fans who were amazing, but for Harris fans travel so well, it's not that to me. It's that now at that point in the playoffs, everyone's playing with something. Everyone's a little banged up, whether they say it or not, whatever it may be. But if you're not having to travel across the country and I know last year, Listen, they had the game in Dallas, no problem. They had the game in Green Bay. They won it. And then going to LA was certainly not far. I don't think that that, I don't think the travel was the reason, but in a perfect world, if you're not having to get back and forth on a plane across the country, so you're not, so let's say you have the home field advantage week one, even if they're the third seed, yeah. but then you may have to fly to Minneapolis or it, whatever it is. I think if you can take that out of it, that's where I think the difference really is because you're in, and also you're in your, you're in your environment, you know, the weather, you know, I mean, all the little things that I think can make a difference. That's why I do think it is worth playing for. I'm with you. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. And the the debate is now more of the bot, like, cause you don't get a buy now as two. Right. You used to get a buy as two, but now there's the, 
you know, the extra wild cards you don't get a buy with too. But I, I think you have to, to me, you want to have the best chance you can to have as many home games as possible. Absolutely. And, and I think the difference in Minnesota right now, and I think, so the 49ers with the win are what a half game back, I guess they're I 10 and so. four, Minnesota's so. <laughs> 10 and three. So they're half game back, but the 49ers now have a better conference record coming yeah. in. So they would, and I think the math on it is for the 49ers to tie mm-hmm. Minnesota, they'd have to have a better conference record. Like that's okay. the only way. So, so if they tie, I, the, the likelihood is they will have the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, I mean, you've been to Minnesota. Yeah. To me, that's almost, they're having a little bit of a fairy tale season. We'll yeah. see if it tapers off down the stretch, but playing Minnesota in Minnesota versus them coming to Levi's. Like I, I almost, I shouldn't say this, but I feel like if the Vikings had to come to Levi's, that's almost like, like Niner game over Niners win. I think Minnesota. So I don't know. I do think the they can win there. I think that their biggest threat. That's a tough environment, though. It's a, it is a tough environment, but I think their biggest threats from a matchup to matchup perspective are Dallas and Philadelphia. But here's the other reason it's good to play for number two seed, not just the home field advantage. They have the number two seed. Then in division game, I think. Don't quote me on this because it's late and I'm tired, but I think <laughs> that Dallas and Philadelphia play each other in a division in the division weekend. It would, yeah. That for the 49ers. So you have them beat up on each other. Whoever wins that game, that is probably going to be a pretty tough game. So you have them beat up on each other. And should the 49ers do what they need to do, they end up with they the they don't have to play both of them. I mean that that be, which I don't know yeah, they would anyway. The only the only way they wouldn't would be if somebody if somebody beat um well no I was gonna I was gonna I think I made a little mistake in my head there. I was gonna say the only way they wouldn't if if they're the if the 49ers are the two then yeah they would win and so they would it would have it would basically yeah they would win. Yeah they would have to be like they would knock out the seven. So maybe yeah. Maybe if the six beat the three, maybe, but, but let's just, in it, let's so Minnesota just like, would be the three. So, the minute, be yeah. so I think maybe. that they, if they beat each other up a little bit in that game or they have a tough, you know, it's a tough game for whoever they play. I'm just saying there's like a lot of things. And should Dallas beat Philadelphia, then four hours get the NFC championship game at home. Yeah. So that I, there's just a lot of things. You might there. get three home games. You could very well get three home and games. So that's why I think okay. it's absolutely worth playing for the two seed. Cause you put yourself and the difference between two and three is, when you look at it that way is huge. So you potentially, and granted a lot of things would have to go their way, but you're looking at the potential of three home games and they make it to the Super Bowl. They go an hour to Arizona. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's where it's at. And I think the, the toll last year, you know, yeah, LA was, was close, but there was game, a toll, but there was a toll from the other games and from that game, because that game was physical and it was rivals and it was, but, but to me, the, the game agreed, but it was physical. Oh, absolutely. I mean, the, the game in Dallas was extremely physical. Mm-hmm. The 49ers were, were able to win. And so. that green game, Bay, green Bay game was freezing. And it's not that that necessarily, but that takes its toll too. I mean, it all takes yeah. its toll. And then it's another long flight Short week with the travel. Mm-hmm. If it, there's a time change. I, mean, I just think yeah. that's why I think it's absolutely, you want to play for as high a seed as you possibly can. It just takes out, like, let's say you have to play the short week. It takes out the travel day. So exactly. that in and of itself, almost it, it, it gives you that day back mm-hmm. kind of. Absolutely. So, yeah. 
So there's that. We're on the same page. All right. So we're on the same page. You guys feel free to tweet us and tell us your thoughts. Um, John, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter to tweet you and tell yes, you their thoughts. Absolutely. At JD John Dickinson on Twitter and Instagram and uh, at 957 The Game as well. Um, all over their social channels. And I've got a video to go cut to, to recap the game tonight. And then uh, you can hear me. Every tomorrow, I'll be on a couple of the shows tomorrow talking about tonight's game and, and everything else here leading up to the to the end of the season. It's going to be fun. And now the 49ers get a little mini buy, a little time for Brock Purdy's oblique rib situation to recover. They next play Christmas Eve. They play the Washington, Washington Commanders at home. So we shall see. It's, uh, it's favorable for Brock Purdy these next two weeks or next three weeks heading into the playoffs. So... Let's see if they can close it out strong, get that number two seed. We are brought to you by FIVO. We are brought to you by Bet Online. And with that, I'll talk to everyone next week. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.